Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are watching a master at work. Welcome to NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with my usual co-hosts, Wesley Johnson and Jason Bolin. We're going over all the week's NFL topics. If it was on Twitter or in the realm of professional football, there's a decent chance we're going to cover it. And that'll happen in about three minutes. First, we got to promote our sponsors. Out of the gate, we have betonline.ag. If you're into sports betting, BetOnline is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, BetOnline has the latest odds, news, and information on all of your sports betting needs. For example, the BetOnline switched it up a little bit for us on the MVP race last week. It was Stafford in the three-hole, but now he's dipped to the fourth. The front runners to win the MVP award in order are Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, and Josh Allen. So you can go win some money if you have the inside scoop on who will take home the league's most prestigious individual award. Visit the website today, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And I also have to talk about Balance 7. I don't know if you heard about it, but Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. There was a press conference about how he started to take a pH balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7. And that's what helped him bounce back from his uh, hospital stint in 2015. Uh, He was quoted in saying that he had an enormous amount of energy, which is good for him. It's important when he is working out. He always needed to level up and got the energy to do it with Balance 7. After watching him fight in July's celebrity boxing match with Aaron Carter, I think it's safe to say that this supplement is indeed working for him. Cool thing is that the promotion is running with Balance 7 now. you can go to their website at balance7.com and use the BLEAV code at your checkout, and you'll receive a free four ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. Then that retails for $13.99. So it is indeed worth it. Again, head to balance7.com and use the code BLEAV at checkout and get in on the promotion. Uh, it worked for Lamar Odom, so it can damn sure work for you. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Trend Zone. We have a litany of topics per usual, and it's all preseason oriented in terms of the items that we're going to cover. And most of us, the gurus anyhow, watch the Patriots shellac the Eagles in a preseason contest. At some points in the game, it was second string on second string and third string on third string. So if you buy into the preseason stuff, it was uh, kind of embarrassing for the Eagles. But at the end of the day, it's preseason. We had on our agenda the Cam Newton and Mac Jones stuff. And I wanted to point out that I think I'm leaning toward, if, if I matter at all, endorsing Mac Jones to start. And it's a change of pace for me from the Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo thing because I think they're uniquely different things. We, we saw two years ago that Garoppolo can guide the 49ers to a Super Bowl and become within a play or a quarter, depending on your interpretation, of winning the damn thing. Last year with Newton, we saw a 7-9 and nine that he quarterbacked a re- relatively anemic offense that was weaponless, and a lot of uh, players opted out for COVID. But I don't think that these Patriots are contending for a Super Bowl. Perhaps they can get into the playoffs with Cam Newton and Belichick. We shall see. But I'm leaning towards Mac Jones based on how he's looked so far, and they have a track record of developing quarterbacks, and I think I would trust Belichick and Jones if that's indeed what he does. Jason would you go Cam out of the gate, or would you let her rip with Jones? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I'm not really 100% sure what I would do here. I uh, I think Mac Jones went to the place that I always kind of figured he was going to go and be the best fit. Um, what really stunned me is when they extended Cam. I'm surprised that they even did that. Uh, in the Patriots' case being the fact that they have, especially with how good he looked in spite of who he went against, went against it, it. Yeah. I'd go with Jones. I, I, I don't know how you explain that to somebody you just extended. Um, but you know, um, I can think of one game last year where cam looked reasonable. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, and I know he did have to sit out a few times with, with, with COVID, but he, he's not a fit there. He's just not. There is a large uh, fashion, faction of people that believe in Cam Newton and maybe Belichick is one of them. But in terms of fans, there's like this, this peak Cam Newton that people love and deservedly so during the 15-1 season. But I didn't see that at all last year. And I'm underwhelmed by what he brings. I think he's just kind of run himself into the ground by the way that he plays. But then you start to think in a Belichick system that's healthy, who knows? Uh, but they drafted Jones for a reason. And eternally, whoever got that guy's draft stock up to the top 10 for like a month in the NFL draft, we got to meet those folks because they really, <laughs> they really worked miracles. It was remarkable. Yeah. One more, one more thing I do mm-hmm. want to comment on cam though. Like, cause you just refreshed my memory that 2015 season when he made, when he met Denver in the, mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. he was, he looked really, 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 really good that year, About the only great year statistically that he had, um, but he was airing it out and he was actually passing the ball, obviously running well that year, but he, he, he looked like Superman that year, right? I mean, he, that guy was huge. When we played him last year, he looked like a wilted version of himself. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know, is he a vegan? <laughs> no, I'm, dead, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious when I'm asking that. I think he is. Okay. I yeah. think he switched up his diet like two years ago. And God, I could have been dreaming that, but I'm almost 100% certain that he doesn't eat he meat. He is. I just Googled it and Boston Globe confirms. Yeah. Wow. He doesn't even look, he looks like such a smaller version of himself and he was never a passer. Right. So, oh man. Yeah. That's anyway, that's all. That's all I had right there. Oh, Wes, give us who you think will start and who would you start if you were the head coach of the New England Patriots? Yeah, uh, I think both of you guys are wrong. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be Newton. Okay. Um, at least early on. Uh, one thing about Newton and last year is a lot of these players didn't have an off season. Um, I think uh, Josh McDaniels and Belichick spent the, this off season uh, kind of retooling the offense around cam. Uh, they picked up Hunter Henry and um, Tennessee's old tight end. Janu. Janu. Yeah. Uh, to run that kind of, old school style, two tight end set, uh, which I think benefits Newton's play style. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, I think he can be much more effective with the, you know, intermediate to mid-level passing where he doesn't have to necessarily air it out. They also got some speedsters on the outside. Uh, should they want to air it out uh, or at least just to keep defenses honest. Um, I, I think we're going to see a few wrinkles that, you know, Josh McDaniels wanted to implement and just wasn't able to last year. Um, I, I think Jones is definitely the future for them. The fans want Mac. They want him in week one, but I, I just don't see it from Belichick happening uh, at least early on in the season. Um, and I will get to that a little bit later. What kind of leash do you think Cam has? Then if, assuming that, that he does get the nod because he, um, he probably will. And I have to agree with you there, but yeah, it, if we see Mac, it would probably be somewhere between weeks eight and 10. Would the season have to be lost in, in a way, in a way, um, or cams performance will have to be so poor that they need to, um, influx a little jolt to the offense to hopefully you know salvage whatever they have going on listen to listen to this gentleman no matter who it is and probably this is more applicable to cam because he's got the experience there is a four and one record in here somewhere listen to this schedule out of the gate at home versus miami at the new york jets at home versus the saints uh at the patriots that should be a loss, but you never know with the mad scientist and Belichick and Brady. And then at the Texans, that's the first five weeks. And for a good football team that has playoff hopes, that should be a four and one record. So remember that that's kind of the anti Jones path because Newton with a good defense and his 
peak version at 30, whatever he is, 33, 34, they could be four and one. And then Jones is an afterthought unless Newton's hurt. Yeah, absolutely. On these Eagles, now I'm not going to ask this question based on um, getting their ass kicked tonight in preseason. <laughs> I do not believe that preseason is an indicator. But what I've read and I read a lot on the NFL, they are strangely always towards the bottom of power rankings. The Philadelphia Eagles, led by presumably Jalen Hurts if this Flacco garbage stops. But is that where they belong? Are they really not a very good football team, Wes? Yes, they're not. <laughs> oh, they're God. not and I, you, I don't have <laughs> I, i'm getting like adam gase vibes from nick sirianni their head coach um so i i hope he doesn't ruin a plan like a player like jalen hurts um but those are the vibes i'm getting from from him yeah you know speaking to the eagles I found out that we were going to talk about them a little bit tonight. So I had to quick research that. And I got to tell you this, this is part of the educational variety. Nick <laughs> Sirianni. I didn't even know who, I don't even know who that is. I didn't even know that was the coach. I, I, that that's how irrelevant the Eagles are. I just Googled them and I found out that Joe Flacco paid, played for him tonight. I didn't even know that. I, I mean, I must just be really that tone deaf or that out of the loop or just really care that less about the Eagles. They're not vaunted this year. And when I look around at their roster, I have memories of their offensive line being fantastic. Not long ago. Oh yeah. 2017. And I want to say 2018 or 19, they were good. Something must've happened that they're um, not coveted. So then you have Miles Sanders, who I think is a talented modern running back that can catch the football. And then you got Devonta Smith, Rager, if he pans out, that Fulgham dude that has two good fantasy games per year. And they got Eric Wilson, Anthony Harris on defense. Uh, we know all about them from the Vikings days. And I'm just confused as to why they would be down in like 28, 29 in power rankings when if they're going to be bad, you would think a team with that sort of talent should be like at the 21 range. But maybe maybe there's uh, intangibles that I don't know about. Well, it, it kind of reminds me of 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 Denver from when they because you know when they were in the Super Bowl and after that they just they're Denver's irrelevant, right? I mean they have been so unattractive to watch for so long, but in the midst of it all, they've been putting together younger pieces that if really if only if you're a Broncos fan do you recognize that. Sure. Um, you know, like with the Eagles, like you just mentioned a bunch of them with uh, with Smith and, and Rager, who was one of the top four or five receivers last year in the draft mm-hmm. um, and a young, potentially um, exciting quarterback in Hurts. So I think it's I just think it's going to take a minute. Um, and hopefully, like you said, that coach can can uh, can do. And hopefully Flacco didn't say I'm the understood quarterback here. Uh, yeah, he, uh, when I turned on the game, he was starting with the, with the ones. And it turns out that first uh, was hurt or ill. So oh, at first well. I was like, Oh, they really are doing this, this battle for Flacco versus hurt. Uh, what's the ceiling for their record? Wes, if you're convinced they're not very good. I will go six wins. Okay, so six that's and eleven. The, that's the ceiling. Okay. Today, uh, earlier on, there was two injuries for the same team. One big, one a guy that we're just getting to know, and that was Carl Lawson, who went from the Bengals to the Jets. He tore his Achilles. He's gone for the year. And then uh, safety named Zane Lewis. Mm-hmm. Something happened. His knee went out too. So it got me to thinking for the topic of the show. Would you rather, when you hear about stuff like this, so this wasn't a game, um, but if it was up to you, would you be melancholy if you didn't see any starters on the Broncos, Jason, at all in the preseason? Or do you need to see that to for them to get their legs underneath them? Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about that, and, um, you know, years past, I would have said, yeah, you know, I'd like to see, you know, it's such, last year we had so many injuries Mm -hmm. and it's like, I don't even want, it's going to be walking on eggshells for the first few games of regular season, just to 
make sure that God, I mean, we've had, we've had so many good players that have had to sit out entire lengths of seasons. Um, not only just last year, but even the year prior, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, I liked what they did against uh, Minnesota. They played a few of them um, half their line. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you throw in KJ Hamler who could start, but I mean, he's like number four on their wide receiver depth chart, but he, you know, so I kind of, I'd be all right seeing none though. Just Wes, to be safe. Wes, in this game, the Vikings will have Saturday against the Colts. If uh, the head coach, Mike Zimmer, said, we're playing the ones for series and then that's it. You can wait till September 12th. Would you be cool with it? Uh, for one series, I, I think I'd want to see at least a, a quarter. Okay. Um, you know, prior to heading into a, a regular season, I'd at least want one quarter of, of play from the starters. And then the rest of it can be, you know, haggled out between the the second, third and fourth string. Hesitation for the Vikings and a lot of other teams, but we just guaranteed with the Vikings is if we adapted that philosophy of no starters, then it's guaranteed in week one, they're going to look like garbage for at least a quarter. It's just like clockwork, maybe with the chiefs and stuff, everything would be hunky dory. But with the Vikings, it would be sloppy. And then we'd be like, why don't we play them in the preseason? They, they should have played. Uh, right. I, I lean toward, we saw last year some of the rustiness. And I, I guess in, if it means keeping your stars upright, I guess I really wouldn't care. It, it makes for boring preseason storylines. And for me, writing, uh, I have to really deep, dig down deep in the depth chart to find intriguing things. But I, I get both sides of it, and ultimately it's fine. But when you hear, like, Carl Lawson lost for the year, when we had our Justin Jefferson scare, you, you yeah. start to think, like, should we just put these guys on ice? And <laughs> yeah. If it's tricky. While we're on the quarterback. I don't think there's a I, – I mean, I just don't think that there's a right answer to that. It's such a – such a. it's like kind of like resting guys, the uh, you know, um, the last week before you go into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, how – really statistically percentage wise, how beneficial is that really? And yeah, you don't want to risk an injury, but gosh, you'd think they've been doing training camp for <laughs> how long playing in a preseason half should not jeopardize them any more to injury than anything else. If anything, it may hinder it. The problem with that is when it does happen, whether it's a college senior who plays in his final bowl game, when it's just like the, Pepsi bowl or in the off chance it's week I guess 18 now and your resting started when it happens once, like if it happens in 2016, <laughs> that Christian McCaffrey gets hurt and then he's not going to the playoff. That's all you remember. You remember, yep. remember you when so-and-so played so-and-so playoffs got screwed. So you'll point to one example and say, this is why we're not doing it. And that might be fair, uh, but that's kind of how we do everything. Um, yeah. You point to your worst memory and say, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that to happen again. Um, yeah. Staying on the topic of quarterbacks, and this is similar theme to Newton and Jones, uh, Justin Fields looked pretty good in his preseason debut. I guess the first series was wonky, and then he started to look like God, um, of course, playing for the Bears. They're, they're due for a, a franchise quarterback. It seems like it's trending, however, to be Dalton. And I've thought that the whole offseason because I believe Matt Nagy. Now, they're in another, they're another organization that's uniquely – different than the 49ers. They don't have the credo of just getting to the Super Bowl and Dalton isn't as good as Garoppolo. He might've been about six years ago, but Garoppolo, we have uh, a sample size to show he can lead them almost to the promised land. Dalton is just a placeholder. So if I cared about the bears, uh, I would say fields is probably the best option to go as a rookie because he's starting to look the part and their ceiling. If he's good, is probably a lot sexier than than Dalton's because we we know that the best that Dalton can bring the Bears to at best would be like 10 and 7. Um, so I'm going to guess that both of you agree with with Fields starting, but why will they go with Dalton, Jason, if they do it all? It seemed like they were sold on Dalton from the get-go. Um, I don't, I'm not sure why you would go with him. Um, to be quite honest, I, I mean, I wasn't 
I wasn't too terribly impressed with what he did in Dallas. I mean, yeah, he came in and held the fort down and was able to put up some moderate numbers, but I mean, look at all the playmakers Dallas had. I mean, the bears don't have nowhere near that. Um, You know, you can bring him in and I guess he would arguably look the part compared to Chicago bears past quarterbacks. Um, But God, I don't know. And and Matt Nagy, if I'm thinking back three years ago when he, when, you know, that Trubisky had that, pretty decent year when Fangio was still coaching the defense over there. Uh, I was kind of envious of that team. I liked what they were doing. I liked Matt Nagy as a coach. Um, and I always thought that he was kind of a younger up and comer and uh, exciting offensive mind. Mm-hmm. God, I would think he would just want to get fields in there immediately. And for yeah. him to, to be hesitant on that is, is a mind numbing question to me. So I don't know the answer to that. I don't know why he would go with, with Dalton. Um, I, I think Dalton would be a good safe, just a guy to keep behind fields. Mm-hmm. Should anything happen to him? Yeah. that's right. why precisely what the Cowboys did last year, they brought Prescott or excuse me, they brought him to support Prescott in the event Prescott got hurt. And arguably he, he did a little bit. It was never going to be a playoff push, but uh, Dalton's prime is past him, and he was a pretty pretty good quarterback in his time. Um, but now it's passing him by, and that's why they drafted Fields. So, and Dalton, I've I, I've seen too, has been pretty adamant that it's his time. Yeah, he's got flocoitis. Yeah, jeez, <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. Wes on Fields, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do the same. Is he actually going to start, and why? I know you want him to, or if you cared about the Bears, you you would support it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read something somebody had tweeted, um, earlier this week that both fields and Trey Lance are going to make, uh, liars out of their head coaches, uh, meaning, um, it's kind of becoming increasingly obvious that it's going to be difficult to keep these guys off the field. Um, Fields was reported as being the best player on the field in the joint practice with the Dolphins today. Uh, all the while, uh, Andy Dalton struggled. Uh, as, as you mentioned, he was Flacco esque. He said, Justin will have a great career, but right now is my time, is what Andy Dalton said um, this week. And, I, you know, all the posturing, um, I just, I see both of these guys, Fields and Lance making enough plays in preseason to where it's going to become apparently obvious that they are the best option moving forward. Uh, Garoppolo will probably start for San Francisco. Uh, As you mentioned, Dustin, he has a little more pedigree than Dalton, but I mean, Dalton really has nothing to stand on to, (laughs) to say, Hey, I I should be the guy. But what what is he thinking then? Because he either doesn't care. This is Nagy I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Nagy evidently doesn't care about reneging or looking wishy-washy or betraying Dalton's confidence because he would have to do that like a politician. He would have to do that for Fields to start week one. Yeah. It just doesn't matter after like uh, the the Cardinals kind of just threw, threw Rosen away for Murray, but that's what we do now. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what you do. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And and I think you, you want the guy to earn it. You don't want the, you know, Jamarcus uh, Russell to happen where they send him home with game tapes with like <laughs> Barney on it. And, and he comes back and says, oh, yeah, you know, the coverages were, were pretty insane. Uh, you know, <laughs> bold faced lies. Legendary. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> There's Marcus a, Russell. <laughs> then there's a there's a right way to do it, and for Nagy, it will be simple words. Uh, he can go back on his word, but he'll have to be eloquent. And whoever comes up with the words, it'll probably be him. If indeed it's Fields, all he has to say is, "Yeah, I was trending towards Dalton. I even told you guys, but this cat that we got right now is too good to sit, and therefore I am going Fields." So you can do it. You just got to sell it the right way. And that would be, that would be, and nobody would question that. No, and no, nope. you know, and that's, and that's obviously the way that the, the Chicago fan base wants to see it. That's the way that, you know, pretty much anybody on looking 
is this is is just like we're talking about right now we think that that should happen so nobody would look at him and like god what an idiot i mean <laughs> people would actually say well good it's about time mm-hmm. but then they then you have to hope against hope that he comes in and you know to uh, lives up to his decision otherwise then he's he's probably afraid of, of that maybe that's you know probably he doesn't the the ultimate fear is that you i haven't looked at the bears schedule but you you elect to go with fields and then out of the gate they're oh and four then what yeah right? yeah you want it to be the other way around if you're indeed destined for oh and four you'd rather have that be authored by dalton and then you bring your savior in and you know, you, you write the ship or you end up going seven and 10 with a lot of optimism for 2022. Yeah. Just like you've always said too. Yeah. Uh, the, the backup quarterback's the sexiest position, especially <laughs> if you're talking about somebody like this. Um, and even if he do, then comes in and doesn't, you know, kind of gets off to a slower start, you could chalk that up to all kinds of things. Well, we weren't expecting to start him this year. We weren't, you know, we didn't have him running with the ones we didn't have this or this or that. So you would have built in excuses mm-hmm. as to, well, he didn't start off the way we wanted, but you know, that's what next year's for. And there is documented history of this. So let's say it is Dalton and he goes for the first month. We saw it with Alex Smith, who was uh, eternally pretty good, and that was his ceiling. And they waited till what, week 17 of 2017 to get Mahomes in there. And then with Terod Taylor, who I think not even as good as Dalton, got the first two weeks with the Browns before Mayfield, who was the first overall pick, came in and never gave a job back. So this isn't anything new. It just seems like we turn the page on letting these first-rounders marinate on the bench but maybe we're still in that uh era and there's just this voodoo that says like yeah we don't want to ruin this guy with three straight losses out of the gate well we saw it last year too though dustin with uh well taylor again and herbert (laughs) (laughs) yep that and taylor i've I've joked i've told west this before i think uh in a just a text message that he's he's the patch over guy and yeah, I don't think he's quite that this year with Davis Mills or whatever his name is in Houston, uh, because Houston is just kind of wayward. But <laughs> yeah, that's... All right, let's let's pivot but, uh, to a, a yeah. Sorry, Wes. Oh no, no. Uh, so Bears they open at uh, the Rams Lost. at home against the Bengals and then at Cleveland. Oh, um, one and two. Yeah, one. I think one and two record would usher in Fields uh, at home against the Lions and then at Las Vegas before a pretty brutal stretch of Packers, Buccaneers, Niners, Steelers. Yeah, that is murderer's role. Yeah. Yeah, but then there's always... Trying to get the rookie a little confidence in Detroit (laughs) before he goes into that gauntlet. Jeez. Yeah. Maybe they do get into the minutiae like that, looking to see. It's The only thing that's known for sure in this is that Fields will be the QB1. Maybe they do analyze it and say, like, yeah, let's get through that first month and then get them, get them a, a cake game against the Lions and let them go crazy. I just don't know if they do that. That seems like something we do. Yeah. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, I wanted to interject, inject some fantasy stuff real quick because this was derived from something that the three of us was talking about. Uh, Jason, you indicated that in one of your drafts or your draft that you have the third pick and you're you're looking at Nick Chubb for that, to which Wesley replied, yeah, but he's got to share carries with Kareem Hunt. So, Wes, I want to know how much does a formidable RB2 in a fantasy draft prevent you from going all in on the RB1? So you can use Chubb and yeah. Hunt or God, who's another good one? So, yeah, um, for... Uh, the high capital RB1s uh, with good RB2s. You're looking at uh, Chubb with Kareem Hunt in the wings, Aaron Jones with AJ Dillon in the wings, uh, Austin Eckler with a, a pick'em in the wings. Uh, same with Jonathan Taylor, also a pick'em. Uh, and then to a lesser extent, uh, DeAndre Swift with Jamal Williams waiting in the wings oh, yeah. and Antonio Gibson and J.D. Uh, McKissick waiting in the wings. So. And Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Got to get those Broncos in there. <laughs> I, I just I foresee those two do is doing 50-50. Yeah. Maybe, and I could be wrong there, but just based on uh, Javante's draft stock and then Melvin passed his prime, but still good. And the way Denver does things, I'm pretty yeah. sure that'll just be an even Steven. 
So Wes, you, you wouldn't climb up to number three or maybe not even number four for Chubb. And is that just because you're paranoid about Hunt getting his action? Um, so a few of these guys, I, I mean, Chubb, I, I would still take, I, I don't know if I'd take him at three. I think that's a little rich for him. Um, you can get him a little later in the round with the sixth, seventh, eighth pick. Um, Chubb's one. Um, Antonio Gibson as well. I, th- I think you'd be okay going with, and probably Aaron Jones, um, Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift are, are kind of iffy for me. Yeah, and just to correct you, I got the second pick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Make yourself look like even more maniacal. <laughs> yeah, or more of a buffoon, you know? I think the the rationale for the top three guys, which are usually pretty preordained in a PPR fantasy draft, is that you want a guaranteed bell cow. We yeah. know that injuries are going to happen, and you just hope you don't get you know the Saquon who does get injured. But in this draft, it's going to be uh, McCaffrey, um, Dalvin, and who am I forgetting off the top of my head? Is it Kamara. Henry? Kamara and Henry. So the, yeah. th- those guys don't have to worry about Kareem Hunt nipping at their heels. Now they do have to worry about injury because we've notoriously talked about how Derrick Henry and De- Devin Singletary were the only running backs to play all 16 games. So they're going to get hurt. But with Dalvin, he's not going to surrender too many carries to Alexander Madison. McCaffrey's just uh, like this complete beacon of fantasy goodness. And if he's healthy again, you can't not take him. And then Derrick Henry, who should have a drop off at some point. uh, We just got to figure out this year. So those are the three dudes that are going to get the lion's share of attention. Now with Chubb, uh, the only reason, Jason, that you would think twice about drafting him that high is because you can reasonably get him at the seventh or eighth pick. So in terms of maximizing value, do you really want a guy that's going to share the attention with somebody dynamic like Kareem Hunt? That's where the mindset comes from. And I say that, but every year at the end of the season, you go back and look at an autopsy and see the PPR. And then there's Chubb up there in the top three or four. And you're like, well, there goes my theory. So you you might be onto something. Um, And you must think he's, he's durable or something because uh, that's really the only knock on Dalvin or McCaffrey, who you were guaranteed to get if you wanted. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a tough one for me there. I I almost don't like drafting um, this high like that, and um, I yeah. I just you know sometimes I just gotta gotta roll with it. Um, and we haven't drafted yet, so hopefully none of my uh, my uh, <laughs> you know people that are in my t- uh, group are listening, but they, you know, even if they were, it doesn't really matter. They're not, you know, but yeah. So, so what do you guys say? Well, you can get them at the seventh or eighth pick. Mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't be able to No, no. but the working theory is, is that Dalvin or McCaffrey are going to score more fantasy points. Yeah. Yeah, healthy. for sure. Mm-hmm. They're the yeah, focal, well, and then, focal points of their offense. Well, and then Kamara obviously too, which I had last year, I had both Kamara and Chubb. Uh, we had a small league, so I was somehow able to get both those guys. Yeah. Um, but uh, in Kamara tallied up so many points through the through the air, um, and I don't I don't think Chubb does a whole lot of pass catching, does he? No, no, that's what Hunt's there for. Yep. So yeah. Chubb just carves out his production, even yeah. share with Hunt. Uh, the other notable, the name that you mentioned, Antonio Gibson. I'm sure you saw this, West, but I don't know if the body politic did. Uh, they foresee him, or at least they're advertising a Christian McCaffrey like role for Antonio Gibson. Mm. And not everybody can be Christian McCaffrey, uh, but somebody, I don't know if it was one of the coaches, but it was some fantasy guru who was verified on Twitter uh, tweeted that that's the role that they envision for Gibson. So if you want to take a flyer on that being true, then that would be a bonanza for an RB one because you get all of the catches. And if he's as good as McCaffrey, which he won't be, but he could be somewhat close. Then you'd yeah. have somebody you could probably get with the ninth pick in the draft that might get the uh, carries of, you know, second or third pick. So. Or the 16th pick in, in a 20 man league. <laughs> <laughs> Royce Freeman. We, uh, Wes and I, we do a 20-team league that we got off the ground last year, and the draft was wild. Uh, People panicked about quarterbacks because if you do the math on a Sunday, there are 32 quarterbacks playing football, 
And in theory, if everybody drafted two quarterbacks on draft night, then you there'd be 40 and you would have not be able to start a quarterback on some of your bye weeks if you didn't pick two. So I gave that disclaimer and then that meant everybody went quarterback right away and the draft got flipped on it on its head. Uh, but that's my little speech on our 20 team league, uh, but in a few <laughs> new faces this year, some folks couldn't handle it. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Some folks couldn't handle it. No, <laughs> even my cousin said like, yeah, I'm not doing that again because he panicked on draft night and he's like usually cool as a cucumber. And he was like, I'm not doing that shit again. And <laughs> then, then he got super encouraged again because it feels like, you know, NFL is going to be a little bit closer to normal than last year with fans and stuff. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it again. So I had to go re-add him to the Yahoo platform and all this. So. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Last year was my first year doing it and we only had eight players. So yeah. obviously I don't know anything about anything really. Um, but I'm 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 excited to do it again, but yeah, it wasn't good for me spiritually (laughs) that that and mixed with the Broncos being so awful. Oh yeah. All the time, man. Running backs, running backs, running backs, and more running backs. That's what I advise you. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Football, like right now, I'm so damn happy that football's <laughs> right around the corner, but in a month and a half, I'm going to be just miserable as shit. Yeah, you won't even be on the show. You'll just say, yeah, I'm not doing that. You'll be like, I'll, I'll, I'll do it every other week or something. Maybe when the Broncos win, I'll show up. <laughs> you know? you we'll guys just, will see me in December. Yeah, you know, you could just put like put on your camera and then you won't be won't be in the scene. You can just protest or something. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, we haven't talked about Aaron Rodgers in a few weeks, which is kind of cool. Um, but he said today that he doesn't want a farewell <laughs> tour, and that the other interesting nugget from his uh, camp or his atmosphere was that he was 50-50 per profootballtalk.com on retirement just as training camp was starting. So he was waffling himself, and perhaps that's why the news was all so juxtaposed on what he was going to do. But on this farewell tour, uh, I have a theory that he doesn't want it because he's not done playing football, but he might be done for Green Bay. And I don't think that he wants like this big retirement fest when he's like, you know, I'm going to the Broncos. You guys could shut up. I don't need all of this fanfare. So, Wes, what, what would propel Rodgers to say to somebody, I don't be doing any farewell tours? Um, yeah, I mean, that makes sense if, if he's jumping to another team or planning on it. Um, you know, maybe he just, uh, now that he's back, he's like, I I don't want to go anywhere else. And, um, I I don't want to think about retirement yet. I'm not ready. I still got, you know, four or five years. So, um, I, I don't need a swan song because I'm not, you know, done dancing or singing or whatever. So yeah, it probably got on his nerves that somebody, came to him and said, you know, should we be doing this? And he sees Brady playing until 44. He's like, no, don't be doing that yet. I know that I was weird this off season, but right. let, let's not have the Jeter festival just quite yet. That's the only thing I can uh, make of it. And I, I'm still convinced that he'll go elsewhere, but maybe I just bought yeah. into the three months worth of garbage. Uh, uh, Jason, why wouldn't Aaron Rodgers want a farewell tour? Yeah, well, like you just said, I can't even believe he said it. I mean, who was who was offering to give him one? I mean, it's yeah. I don't know if it was like uh, if it was opposing fan bases or if it was like the the PR department for the Packers. I I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I don't think he's done playing football, but I think everybody can agree that he's done playing football in Green Bay. I mean, even they even they acknowledge it, right? I mean, that's kind of the was the motivating factor of him coming back as they were going to say, you know, you can, you know, let's get one more year, um, see what we can do. And then, you know, you, you're welcome to, to explore other options. Right. right. So I think that bargaining chip was more desperation because they needed a fix. And I still don't know if they actually worked that in the contract or it's a gentleman's agreement that this is it. Well, Gutenkust, you better hope it's not just a gentleman's <laughs> agreement. Gutenkust will hold him hostage again next year. Yeah, and then they'll do this all over again. <laughs> just, just, just a, just an unruly work environment that has to be. Just because right. he's back there working doesn't mean anything is different. I mean, they still hate each other. 
That's yeah. got to be just weird. <laughs> they just coexist and they win 12 ball games per year and lose an NFC championship. It's like a annual thing. Right. So I don't know how they do it. Rogers must just be that damn good. He doesn't want yeah, to be well yeah, because nobody <laughs> likes him. Really? I mean, <laughs> I mean, some people, you know, it's, it's about a 50, 50 with him. I've heard a lot of people say that he's unpleasant to be around. Uh, <laughs> You know, so it's like when, when got his teammates are looking at him like, Jesus, I don't know. It's just got to be so awkward. Now that I think about it more with the fifth uh, farewell tour thing, I'm going to guess that it was just a reporter that asked, are you going to have a farewell tour? I don't know that for, for sure, but that makes more sense. And he probably yeah. balked at that and said, no, we're good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I asked all of you, all the both of you is identify a sneaky team that will make the postseason. And it's tricky to define sneaky. I guess the criteria is that folks don't think they're going to make it. Um, if they were in it last year in the playoffs. That's probably not very sneaky. Uh, so I had to sift through that. When, it, when we get to my turn, I'll explain a couple that I weeded out on that criteria. Wes, who do you have for your sneaky playoff team? Yeah, so just a precursor to um, each year, uh, almost 50% of the previous year's playoff field does not make it it's uh, so wild to think about right now because when you go through make your predictions or simulate the or predict the games i don't know how you guys do it when you sit down to make prediction but you almost like clockwork end up getting last year's playoff teams because you have them right. fresh in your memory <laughs> yep um so is that for, really the stats Wes? 50 percent yeah, of the ju- just about 50 percent. not not 50 percent exactly but um, pretty close to it. There is, wow. unlike baseball, there is a lot of parity in this league. Yeah. And then for, for me, I, I looked at a few different things from my criteria. Um, I wanted to find a team with a good defense, a division that was fi- fairly wide open and a QB slash offense that won't turn the ball ball over so often. And then also the schedule. Mm -hmm. I came up with two teams, one in the AFC, one in the NFC. Uh, Those teams are the New England Patriots and the New York football giants. Uh, The Patriots, for their scheduling, they play the NFC South and the AFC South, uh, which both should see some kind of a regression. Um, For the Giants, they play the NFC South and the uh, AFC West. So, um, I do see them, um, both doing enough to kind of get into the playoffs or at least in the conversation. Jason, you heard it, heard it here first that almost like a mathematical equation, half the teams will be wiped clean from the playoff slate, meaning that seven new ones, uh, it's just, it's unfathomable right now to think that, but I guess it really is. It is. God, I did not realize that it was such a turnover rate yeah, like it, that. Um, I think, I, I guess, think, I think it's like some of the ones um, that will end up filling those roles where they, you know, they just missed it like the chargers or the Vikings. And so yeah. they don't feel like sneaky picks. That's the only way I can justify it right now. But who do you got for your sneaky playoff team? Yeah. You know, I don't know if you can, uh, consider Denver really a sneaky team. I mean, I suppose according to national media, you probably could, yes. um, mm-hmm. you know, so I think, I, I think, I think that they do get in this year. I think that things look a little bit different than they have in years past with them and I'm hopeful for it. Um, but, you know, aside from them, I, I actually, um, and you, Wes, you said you looked at division and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Ooh. Okay. Um, hmm. you know, I, 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 I like their coaches down there. Um, and, uh, I think, I think if Brad, uh, Darnold, I was going to say Bradford, uh, <laughs> you know, if Darnold can live up somewhat to that, that, um, first round pedigree that he was just a few years back, which, you know, and even though I hate Darnold, I really do hate that man. Um, you know, and he's just, I just, he's not under Gase anymore. And, you know, the Panthers were a a reasonably decent team last year. Um, 
I don't know. I'm going to roll with them. And I know they're in a tough division, but um, New Orleans, I think, might take a step back, even though I think Winston's going to be better than people think. Um, they still got to deal with Tampa, but um, in the Falcons, well, we don't know yet. Four and 12 or 12 and four, um, <laughs> you know, wouldn't surprise me either way. So maybe uh, Carolina gets in a, as a wild card. Yeah, and it's important to note, and this was broadcast ad nauseum last year, that there's seven teams per conference, so that really changes things. Yeah, yeah, and they got the number, you know, they got McCaffrey, obviously. He'll be coming back, hopefully stays stays fully healthy. Um, in his absence, I think Robbie Anderson um, at the receiver position really really did well last year, and uh, Darnold's got some familiarity with with him too. So I think that, uh, I think that they might actually, you know, 10 and 7, Sneak in. All right. I'm going to go through a blitzkrieg of stuff here on this because of the criteria. So I agree. Um, the Patriots have the best chance of these teams we consider sneaky. It's just that I don't consider Belichick in the playoffs all that sneaky. So right. I, I, I chose not to go with that one. And it's not because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I just didn't think it was that revolutionary. And I figured one of you would pick that. So I wanted to be against the grain a little bit. I'm so embroiled in all the dealings of the Minnesota Vikings that I don't know if the world thinks it would be weird for them to be in the playoffs. Uh, it won't doesn't seem weird to me because I think they're going to be 11 and six and make the postseason. So they're off the board. I wanted to pick the Panthers too, uh, but then I, I recalled that I picked them on this show when Sally was on to go eight nine or whatever. So then I'll be going up, get going back against my world, uh, my word, and then the Cardinals. That one's tricky because they haven't made the playoffs yet, but they've got all the pieces to make that jump dependent on Murray. I do think they make the jump, even though that uh, division is just ruthless. Uh, Mm -hmm. So what I settled on and my thunder was stolen was the New York giants because they have an offense now that health is kind to them. And Daniel Jones is, I think he just needs to be decent. Good. He needs to be a top 16, top 18 quarterback and then let his playmakers do the rest. Uh, they haven't been in the postseason since 2016, and that franchise is too storied to keep missing out on the playoffs. And we saw last year that their division was ridiculously lousy. So since 2016, when they went 11 and five, um, that's when all the the weird stuff started. When McAdoo benched Manning and broke his Iron Man streak just for the f <laughs> of it. So they they went three and 13, then they went five and 11, they went four and 12. And six and ten. So something's got to give. And I think they can rip off more games from the Cowboys, Eagles, and football team uh, than these other teams could, especially anybody in that uh, just ghastly NFC West, ghastly good. So I'll say the Giants. And I, I gave serious consideration to uh, the Panthers because that's another second-year coach. Sometimes those second-year coaches do take the next step. And we saw it with the Vikings in 2015, West. I didn't expect them to win the division, but it was one of the, the cooler moments in recent Vikings history when they took down the Packers in week 17 at Lambeau Field. So that was a long speech. I just wanted to say that I, I'm I'm in on the Patriots, Vikings and Cardinals, but I just don't know if they're sneaky enough. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that, you know, I'd be surprised if any of those first three teams actually got in. Um, but let me ask you guys this. How many teams in the NFC East make the playoffs? Do you think this year? Well, I think I, there. I think there'll be at least three of them with winning records. Oof. Well, yeah, that's quite the change of pace from last it, year. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, Washington, you cannot dismiss them, um, and then the Cowboys as well. That it wouldn't surprise me if they can get clicking, they can stay healthy. That that they, that they take the division. Um, and then you guys both mentioned the Giants sneaking mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. I have. The Cowboys winning division. Wes, you had the Washington football team. Yeah. And I would love to believe in the Washington football team, but I will not believe in Fitzpatrick. I just <laughs> flat out won't do it. And then they're going to go to Heineke and he's pretty good. Um, but I, I can't uh, bank on them winning the division when Fitzpatrick is going to uh, just face plant in November. You know, he will too. It's just, it's, it's set in stone. That's we've already seen this story before. Oh God. Every year. <laughs> that picture of his head. <laughs> you guys, yes. Oh yeah. He's, if you guys haven't seen, he's got, you thought his look was cool in like 2018. He's got the long beard, but then he's got this like bushy Afro to go along with it. And <laughs> it looks like a character. 
that, that's how <laughs> he gets you. He gets just dudes just awesome though. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, the last thing I have, and this is a footnote, I can't remember if I included this uh, for you guys' review, is this taunting stuff. The NFL is yeah. walking back or, I guess, restricting further the extent to which you can taunt. I don't know if the most recent recent memory we have in our mind is Antoine Winfield giving Tyreek Hill the peace sign, which was one of the highlights, biggest takeaways from that Super Bowl, visually anyhow. Right. Uh, and I just can't understand this taunting business because it's already a penalty if it's completely flagrant and disrespectful, but there's some, which stuff that, that one was, but it, it, well, yeah, but Tyreek does that when of he course, has dudes of course. in his rear view. So I think with a little context, you can say that made sense. Now the refs, I don't think they're paid to study up on, you know, is this guy going to taunt? And then therefore is it just, um, but I don't know. I, I think it's an odd move for a league that has somewhat recently promoted celebration and let that happen again in the end zone. That now we're back to well, make sure you're taunting in the right way, so don't do it at all. <laughs> what am I missing, Jason? I, 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 nothing. I taunting should be encouraged. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion. What about I, when I, your <laughs> What about when your kids do it in their sports? You know, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's all right. I mean, I don't. But again, you know, within reason. I mean, I think when you score, when you make good plays, I think it's, I think it's an. I think it's important. I think it's, it's awesome to, to celebrate with your teammates and, you know, that's not to, you know, I think sure. Nobody likes to be on the other end of that, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not like they're doing it. Well, I guess the celebrations and the taunting, I guess are a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're <laughs> taunting, I guess it all depends on what the circumstances. Yeah. I, I, there was a Supreme court justice, many decades ago when they were weighing a case about profanity and I can't remember what justice was and I'm, I should, uh, but they were trying to define profanity within the bounds of the law. And one of the justices famously wrote, I know it when I see it. And that's what this taunting thing is, you know, because if it's, if it's habitual and nonstop throughout a game, then you throw the flag. But Wes in a in a sports realm where bat flipping now is finally accepted even by the curmudgeons sort of fans um pitchers still don't like it but now it's a little bit more acceptable to flip a bat when you hit a home run it seems like with this makeshift policy the nfl is going backward from that saying like no we want a little bit more professionalism yeah no absolutely the the no fun league the nfl um (laughs) remember when that guy from the chiefs ripped off that helmet threw it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, oh, yeah. that shouldn't even have drawn a flag <laughs> that um, was just awesome television what about when uh uh akib talib would steal chains <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but romanowski would spit great. people's visors <laughs> no and talib who was was talib crabtree crabtree oh crap yeah i was gonna say there was one the fact that he would just he did that was it twice? Yes, twice yeah. the second the second <laughs> time he stole it he ran over to his sideline and tried to keep it oh it's so gangsta oh man that is awesome i mean i don't think yeah, you can find them but who cares they need to keep doing that shit <laughs> yeah i i it's tough it's also uh tr- difficult in the heat of battle for refs to litigate because if they were used to a certain standard, but now they have to tighten the enforcement, then what? I mean, is it is it Chris Carter's patented first down, like taunt after every first down that every receiver does now? Probably not right. that. Probably that that not that much micromanagement. But it's like if that's going to be the garbage that gets your team fifteen yards, and it's all fun and games. We're talking about it on August nineteenth, but when it's week one or week ten. And, you know, Cortland Sutton gets fined for taunting and you're like, oh, my God, that's when you're really going to be pissed about it. Right. Oh, now, yeah. It's funny. It's funny to laugh about. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I don't think anything's wrong with it. Um, you know, obviously you want to stay away from the, the fighting and all that. But mm-hmm. other than that, I think anything should be should be should be a go. Yeah. You know, what I think is worse is when they made. Uh, I mean, <laughs> They made Denver play with without a quarterback for Christ's sakes. <laughs> How you know, humiliating. That, that was taunting hey. enough. Yeah, they yeah, was, 
find themselves. <laughs> what are what are some of the things that they said that they were going to crack down or or didn't they really elaborate on that? I think they I don't know if it got leaked to us, but I think they told refs and then sent memos to the teams that, you know, this particular play will now be a penalty and I think it's really like after first downs getting up and John and stuff like that. I, I think it's stuff that we've become accustomed to as fans thinking like, Oh yeah, that's part of the sport. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm hoping it's kind of like that year that they called all the penalties in week one and two on roughing the passer. And then they're like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Like spinning the ball in front of a yeah. tackler after getting the first down. Um, yeah. That's another one. Like, getting as you're getting up you know flexing on somebody um yeah, those which, are going to be so tricky because what uh eight months ago nine ten months ago you would love to see your receiver do that and yeah. now if it's jeff justin jefferson doing that and he gets a flag you don't know whether to hate him for screwing the team or to hate the nfl for the rule right yeah, yeah. Well, you hate the NFL for sure. I yeah. mean, these these guys and they've been doing this sort of thing their whole life, and they get caught up in the moment. And I mean, could you imagine the kinds of kinds of fines like somebody like Brady would start to accumulate? <laughs> I mean, he's constantly out there yelling and bantering, and oh, they won't getting, call him for it. No. <laughs> well, even nope. last year when it, when they had the mask rules and stuff, yeah. you would just walk out there with no mask and do whatever you wanted to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, if they enforced this thing on, uh, you know, talking shit during a game, then Rivers would have retired like six years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every time I saw him, every single game, he was sour puss, sour faced, yelling at somebody about something. <laughs> and then it was confirmed. Like players said, like, oh, yeah, he's like the supreme uh, talker of shit. So yeah, it's just a supreme <laughs> asshole. Yeah, and every time that he'd get like a false start, and and, and especially when he's with the Chargers, that happened like every third play. They'd have to, they'd have to hurry up and quick get to the line, and then they wouldn't get the ball off, and then the, then the center would snap it to him, and then he'd spike it down on the ground real quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, that yeah, that's that's vintage. Rivers. Like it was everybody else's fault, but his. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he commanded the well, and he had all the clout. He'd been there for almost two decades. So yeah, all right, we are we are three weeks away from the first game of the season. That is uh Thursday night football. And I think that's a wrap for all of our talking points tonight. So we spin will, the wheel. Oh, I gotta spin the wheel. I completely forgot about that. You guys are gonna have to fill dead <laughs> air while I load up that website. You're not doing very well at it. I know yeah, we're so, not doing that great. <laughs> so what, uh, Wes, are they, uh, I haven't really heard, but I know California is a little bit more uh, stingent on like some of the different restrictions right now. Are they allowing fans out there? Yes. In, okay. That's good. Cause that, uh, God, I bet people can't wait to check out that stadium. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I know at least here, um, at the baseball stadium, they are requiring proof of vaccination or negative COVID test yeah. to enter. And from what I've been reading, um, it sounds like a lot of NFL venues might be adopting something similar. Yep. Have you toured that, new, that what is it called, the Legion? Uh, I have not. Wow, that stadium just looks phenomenal. We, I like the one in Vegas too. We landed on the Rams. So Jason, you 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 give us your Rams prediction. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll go eleven and eleven and six for the Rams. And how far do they get in the NFC playoffs? I think they. I think they get in. Um, and so is it. Seven teams get in now. Mm-hmm. Um. I think they win one playoff game. Okay. Wes, what's your Rams prognostication? I'll go 11 and six as well. Um, I think they enter as a wild card. I um, have, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's it. <laughs> I have uh, 12 and five, but they find a way to reach the Super Bowl and they lose to the Chiefs. Um, I, I've never been a big Stafford 
promoter, but I do think he's a good quarterback. And I think that's what the team needs. Somebody who's not great from golf and they've got everything else taken care of except for a running back. But then you start to look at the teams that went Super Bowls. They usually don't have a running back who is, you know, a fantasy dream. So I think they'll get there and then we'll have Chiefs Rams. Oh, wow. The Dick Vermeil Bowl. <laughs> Man, that would be something else. Yeah. All right. That's all we got. We'll be back next Wednesday night and have all of the topics. And peace. You are watching a master at work. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.